0: I'm getting all fired up I'm all fired up and lonesome Welcome to Fire Up. You're with Chris Gale. Redfern Pat on the controls. He's turning up later, so don't go anywhere. But right now I'm joined by Dennis Carnahan. Dennis Carnahan, round seven is complete in the NRL. This is only episode four. I don't know how that works. <laughs> but I ask you one simple question. Canberra Raiders, club in crisis?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think I might be actually off mic. I think Pat might have put the no. wrong mic up there we go um so you say pat turning up later didn't you yeah that's right <laughs> Excellent. looks like you'll be turning, turning up later God. in this yeah. episode um clubbing crisis no no crisis okay no crisis none whatsoever
0: so let's then deal with the burning issue that we created on this show last week i yep. mean we're here to dissect the national rugby league and all its varied aspects and glory but the big issue that we uncovered last week that i think we can attempt to
1: resolve now what is the difference between a macaron and a macaroon well, I haven't actually done any Googling and research on this this week, um, but I have been schooled in it. Yes. That a macaron, um, much like the Canadian president, it's a, it's a French word and it's a French biscuit made of an almond, uh, you know, what do you call it? Not batter, I don't know what you call it. It's made of almond. Meal, I hear. Almond, almond meal, meal. Almond meal and egg. So it's a little bit pavlova, like a pavlova with egg right. and a cream centre. So it's like it, you look at it and hear, oh, I have some here. You do. And these are bonoffy and you'll see that they, they look like just a cream biscuit, but then when you bite into it.
0: Well, they say you should oh, never eat on a podcast, but you're going to make an exception. But Can I also try one?
1: Yeah. Um, now, you were saying last week that a macaron is just a foofy nothing. Yeah. You know, just have a taste and tell me. Oh, come on, a little bit of heaven. It was a macaroon is a is a coconut, it's a desiccated coconut, frou-frou, and it's Spanish. I think it comes from, I'm not certain of this, but I think macaron, it's just, yeah, one's, they're completely different roots, completely different meanings.
0: Yeah, they're, they're made from shredded coconut held together by egg whites and granulated sugar and they have a craggy surface, not unlike Craig Bellamy's face. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, it's a beautiful, sweet start to the show. It is indeed. I don't oh. want to bring people down, but I mean... If we resolve that uncertainty, I think we have to dive into what is, you know, rugby league. It's it's about matchups, Dennis. We had the Anzac Day round. You had the twenty year tradition of the Dragons and the Roosters. The about half dozen year tradition of the Warriors and the Storms, and then the one year tradition of the Seagulls and the Tigers, which we might come to later. But we have finally had in season twenty twenty one our Godzilla versus Kong moment.
1: And this was this on the field.
0: No, I refer to, of course, the stout that's going on between Professor Catherine Lumby and ARLC Chairman Peter Verlandes.
1: Mm, Professor Peter Valanders, <laughs> all the professors and the academic overlord,
0: oh, Professor, he does it all. Have you been following this uh, in any great detail?
1: I've seen bits and pieces. I don't know that uh, Catherine Catherine Lumby has come and gone. Has well, I wouldn't say come and gone, but she's her role. Is she is she on is she in the building? Is she part of the, the when they made the cuts? Was she was her wage cut? Well, was she w- was her salary part of the reduction in the savings or well, where was her salary probably coming not
0: from? because uh, she would um, self describe herself as the NRL gender affairs advisor, mm-hmm. unpaid, pro bono, independent, unpaid pro bono. So in all the reductions that Abdoni's cronies, uh, as they put the slash through Moore Park headquarters. Catherine's salary was not touched because as she continues to identify publicly unpaid. There isn't one. There isn't one, right? But she certainly sees herself in the role. Now, the trigger for this later stoush between Lumby and Valandis, and it really is as big as it gets, was the Parramatta sex tape and the toilet scandal. Uh-huh. I, uh huh. You're familiar with the details of that. <laughs>
1: details of that, yeah. Of the, where, but this is nothing new to rugby league. A, fi, a sex tape. A uh, someone shenanigans in the bathroom, I mean, you think of the glory days, the bourbon and beefsteak, the Northies, well, Old it's, Joes. It,
0: it, it, it's not at the top of the list. I mean, I, I don't think it won the Academy Award yesterday for the best rugby league toilet sex tape video. No. It really wasn't in the conference. Only four seconds. Illegally distributed and illegally filmed, allegedly, involving a paramount player. We don't need to speculate as to who it might be, but... In this particular issue, Catherine was making two points on the Sunrise Show with Koshy. Oh, no. One one was that... Koshy, a known rugby league fan, Koshy. That nothing illegal occurred here. Now, this tape didn't involve a man and a woman. That's a fact. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it... There's nothing illegal about people of opposite gender going into gender-identified bathrooms. That's actually not on the statute. Is that correct?
1: I haven't studied the statute around... Public toilets. Be good to who's know to go in there. Yeah, it would.
0: you know. Otherwise, it could just be a free for all.
1: But well, that- well, generally, when there's rugby league players involved, two people going to a bathroom. That the issue is whether they have twenty or hundred dollar notes rolled up to snort the cocaine. <laughs> which there's no allegation of this here whatsoever. None whatsoever. They were filmed doing. No- this wasn't like the the Canberra post international game. This was a pure, straight up, nothing <laughs> illegal. Nothing illegal. Nothing
0: illegal. Now. So she was making that point and uh, that her real concern was about the individual who had illegally filmed and distributed the video. Yes. That's great. But uh, also the fact that she was in constant contact with Peter Beattie during his stewardship on these issues and she was concerned the NRL wasn't taking it more seriously because Volandis hadn't been on the blower. And it's... Time doesn't allow us to forensically go through all this, but it's hard. I do find the Lumby threadline a little difficult to follow. You remember the Mitchell Pierce video with poor old Bella, who's no, now she resting. Was, in she Pence?
1: was engaged on that, was she? she yeah, was... yeah,
0: she called for a life ban for Mitchell Pierce for that particular behaviour. Right, uh, Payne Haas earlier this year, intoxicated on the Gold Coast, he's owned up to that. Uh, included making, police. including making a, a verbal threat of uh, physical violence to a, f- a female police officer for which Payne fell on his sword, um, cop the $50,000 fine, the three-game ban. Catherine's point was, it's hard to disagree. Indigenous communities, specific communities, can be triggered through a fractious relationship with a local police force. So she decided that um, Payne House shouldn't have been banned. Right. Okay, so if you can follow those two. Mm-hmm. So here, I mean, often I agree with what she has to say, there's nothing to see here except for, except for the perpetrator of the illegal filming and distribution. But I am very concerned that the NRL is not taking this issue seriously enough. Abdo and Volandis have come back and said, you're a private citizen. You haven't been in this position for years. There's nothing to see here. So how do you resolve this, Dennis, when you're given a voluntary position? Can it be taken away from you?
1: Well... She can keep going. The question is, did well, she going to cost did, them did, she, did she write to Volandis? Did she call Volandis? Or how did she contact him? How well, I think the it?
0: convention was that the chair, whoever they were, be they Grant, Beatty, Volandis, the expectation that they would call her in the role. Now, Volandis has pointed out that all the committee she was on were disbanded several years ago. Or well, maybe just right. a couple of years ago. When well, he came in. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've got this situation where I think, as often happens in rugby league, and we'll talk about some other examples later, Catherine has come forward and she says, based on the lack of engagement for Volandis on this matter and previous matters, she's reconsidering her position. A position that she's actually not got and that she's not paid for.
1: Um, so did she, did she contact Volandis about this or, or, or did she...
0: Well, in a fire-up exclusive, Dennis, yes. we actually have the audio of Professor Lumby and Overlord velandis resolving their differences.
2: Pramer,
3: I've been reviewing your work. Quite frankly, it stinks. I mean, uh, you know, I'll work harder, nights, weekends, whatever it takes. No, no, I don't think that's going to do it. Uh, These reports you handed in, it's almost as if you have no business training at all. <laughs> I don't know what this is supposed to be. Well, I mean trying to get ahead. Well, I'm sorry. There's just no way that we could keep you on. I don't even really work here. That's what makes this so difficult.
0: (laughs) So I think that's uh, probably a, a line under Catherine's role, but she's quite right in calling for someone should be replacing her in the unpaid pro bono position, which she hasn't been filling for the last two years. So some work to do there. The other big issue, I think, that continues to run and run, Dennis, and your Canberra Raiders are mixed up in this up to their necks, uh-huh. is the Penrith bad boy issue. Oh, yeah, issue. yep,
1: yep, 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 yep.
0: Now, we're calling them the Kardashians. You yep. know, they're nouveau riche. They're, they're, they're sharp. They're well-dressed. They say they represent Mount Druitt, whilst I'm sure they've all bought apartments in Bondi. Yep. They're driving Audis. And, and pink party buses. Yeah. And and people have bought into the narrative that they are bad boys. Do you see them as bad boys, or are you just seeing these are young men thriving, dominating the league, enjoying
1: their craft? I I think I, we defer back to last week's episode. They're mug layers. <laughs> they're layering up, and they're mugs. That's that's all it is. They just they haven't done anything. They're layering up. They've, you know, Ivan saying we've had some success. Ivan, you didn't win. You lost the grand final. You're oh. a loser. They, and they're layering up. Now I know that I'm I'm. Maybe this is because I have green eyes, a green shirt currently, and and uh, will listen to everything that Don says from Canberra and and fall in behind it, Uh, because I noticed that Kurt Mann from the Knights, after the Knights had their pants pulled down by the by the Panthers last week, um, he came out and he actually said in his post-match interview, these guys are great, they're playing great footy, and they they really they gave us a flogging, and you know, I believe they're entitled to to lair up. They should be able to go out and celebrate. They're playing great footy. They're celebrating. They're having fun. Why shouldn't they? So that to me says that Kurt Mann and the Knights are in fact mugs. Mug they're, Well, they're not mug because <laughs> they're just not mugs. layering up. They're All just right. mugs.
0: Well, but doesn't Austra- don't Australians love mug lairs at their heart? Huh?
1: Well, larrikins, maybe. But mug- I think so. And I have to say, having seen a lot of the Panthers playing this year, Luai, who is the captain, what are you calling him? Captain Arrogance. Captain Arrogance. He is just one of the biggest nuisances I've seen. Seeing them, seeing the players on the field beforehand, throwing the ball to each other. We got Willie Kickow standing at the forty-meter line, throwing, um, you know, NFL-style passes to his mates who are all standing on the touchline, and they're seeing how far they can reach out to catch the ball while keeping their feet in the field of play. Extraordinary. And they'll then kick it back to Billy Army, who's got a bottle of water in one hand, and he just lubs out. A 40-meter kick, he catches it one hand over his head with the left hand and then does the throw. The The skills are amazing. And then watching them all play around, and there's out comes Luai, and he picks up a ball, and he sees who's the other prop forward, the
0: Panthers? Uh, uh, Fisher-Harris. No, 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 no. Martin? No, no,
1: no. Liotta. Which one? moses Leota. Leota. Liotta. Liotta. standing there looking fairly angry. He's got his headphones on, and Luai pegs the ball at Leota. And then hides behind Villy Army Kickout, hits Leoda in the head, knocks his headphones off, and all you hear is Leoda yell out across Brookvale label, where the fuck is he? Like he? He knew who it was.
0: Well I think the Captain Arrogance Moniker will probably stick with Lua, and it's sort of a reverse. I mean BJ Lua Le Lua went back to Joey Lua for probably obvious reasons. And I think Jerome Lua would be known as C A Lua going forward. <laughs> This issue that happened in the Malay in the handsome Penrith defeat of your Canberra Raiders up at uh, BlueBet Stadium, I think it's described as <laughs> yep. a couple of weeks ago, continues to run. And there's a there's a protagonist here, Michael Shamus from the Herald, who writes the sort of what's happening in football, the buzz equivalent uh, column <laughs> on the inside of the back page of a Monday. You know, so everyone thought it was Crichton pu- pushing an innocent Joe Tarpanay, just waiting to be subbed on and your poor old trainer just put the hand on the back of someone and copped a 10 grand fine. But Shamus has revealed it was Jared Kroger who started the whole thing. Oh, yeah. He pushed Liam Martin as he ran in to celebrate Charlie Stane's try. Uh, there were People close to the Panthers say there's nothing tough about Ryan James who slammed the head of an unaware and former Tiger Matt Eisenhuth into the turf when the referee wasn't watching. Or Jordan Rapiner abusing young Penrith players after Kroger scored a try that was overturned. And it goes on. Hudson Young. He's got form. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Push poor old William Kukau in the back to start an all-in push and shove. So, Shamus feels that uh, it's not the Penrith at fault here. It's the Canberra Raiders. And that is, this is just a case of mistaken
1: identity. Is this true? Making them layer up. Shamus, Shamus, who, let's see. What does Shamus do after the game? He goes over to Panthers and gets on the Terps.
0: Oh, that's an allegation. That's not necessarily proven.
1: Is oh it? no, that's that's what he did with Michael Karianis. The two of them went over there. They were- oh,
0: your mate Karianis.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the two of them, but they—I believe Karianis. I'm not—I'm sure, not sure certain where Carianus is from. Whether he's from Penrith or because he's a Dragons fan. But Shamus unashamedly grew up in Penrith and is a, a Panthers fan. So yes, he's an. Ap- they will be like me. Writing an article about Penrith.
0: Right, well some sort of As a Raiders fan. Three weeks later he's in the paper again on Monday saying Stephen Crichton has shed some incident on the uh, light on the Tarponet incident. So whereas Penrith was described as arrogant and cocky, Shamus says, interestingly, Crichton said he saw no issue with it. Me grabbing Tarponet, I thought it was all fun and games. I've seen other sports and teams do it in the past. Now I've always been doubtful of people who say if kids watch violent video games they're gonna go out and, you know, commit atrocities, but uh Crichton's sort of saying, I'm just simply copying what I'm seeing on TV. I don't regret what I did. It was having fun and doing what we like to do. I don't, didn't think it would become such a big deal. People say when we carry on, it's arrogance. Then when we don't do anything or celebrate at all, we're being disrespectful. Now, I have some sympathy for Crichton here because I think they are aware of the press. And I don't know if you saw Matt Burton... Who's desperately trying not to go to the Bulldogs next year, <laughs> run yeah. round to score a try under the post and he's about to launch into the swan dive. And he's stops. He, and, and he's actually he's pulled up. Hang on. Yep. Cocky, arrogant, bad boy. We need to be Put handshaking. He's pulled out. And yep. I hate to see young men in their pomp second guessing themselves because of some Canberra agenda, Dennis. What's going on?
1: <laughs> I have to say, with Stephen Crichton and the Tarpany incident, it did remind me of the whole Sam Thide packing into the wrong scrum. Sort of thing <laughs> and It has happened before It has happened before with the Raiders with the Storm Where the Storm is celebrating a try And they've pulled in, I think it was Curtis Scott Yes They pulled, he pulled him in to celebrate So I I kind of think You know what Just they're, they're being, they're unquestionably They're being mug lairs They're winning, they're up, let them do it If they win the grand final, good on them If they don't, they're going to regret it and wish they hadn't done it
0: I tell you what if uh, we're onto something here, and I'd love Michael Shamus to come on the show, because cause if Buzz is a Cronulla booster and we're proving Michael is a Penrith booster, I've got one more bit of evidence for you. Uh-huh. He ran another column uh, about headed Penrith Restore Public Faith. <laughs> he goes, it's not often that clubs get emails from the public praising players for their behavior. Well, I, I see those emails endlessly.
1: Actually, yeah. he's, he's entirely wrong. That happens All, all the time. Of the time.
0: But this was the case last week when Penrith players were lauded for their efforts in assisting an intoxicated elderly man who f- had fallen over in the gutter. <laughs> My first reaction was, "Goes, I don't remember any Penrith players helping me up." But anyway, <laughs> uh, the letter from a female member of the public said, I had stopped to see if he was okay when these young boys came running over. There was about six or seven of them. What's Buzz's daughter's name? It-
1: Couldn't this have been Buzz <laughs> in the gutter and his daughter writing the article? There were about six no, or seven no. of
0: them. They were right in the middle of the end of the road from boys to men as an acapella. Uh, they got to the man <laughs> to his feet. He was very, very intoxicated, but these boys made sure the gentleman wasn't hurt. These lovely boys then walked the gentleman all the way home to make sure he got home. The young gentlemen need to be recognised for what they've done. They've certainly restored my faith in young people again. I have a few questions here. First of all, the female, unidentified. Uh huh. Secondly, Penrith players, a la Maggie Thatcher. Can you name them? Who are they? Who are are these people? They're not named. Now, the witness who sent in this almost unprecedented email about rugby league players do a good thing who happen to be from Penrith. She's not only observed their behaviour, she's actually accompanied them on the way home to observe the good deed being done in all its glory. So in other words, she's not just been at the scene where the man is drunk. She's actually observed the boys helping him and walking him all the way home to make home.
1: Hang hang on. Did he specify where was this after the game? There's no
0: context. This is just somewhere, sometime.
1: Right, so were they out on the terps? Because if if you if you're familiar with um, Panther Park, Penrith Stadium, Bluebet Stadium, whatever it's called at the moment, uh, there's nothing for miles and miles. Oh, there's a hog's breath across the road. There's Panthers World of Entertainment and the Skydiving Centre and the Aqua and that whole world that's in the, the you know Sizzler in the car park. There's all that stuff. There's no houses. Old yeah. mate's not walking home from No there. mate, I mean,
0: I mean, I, I, look, I don't want to. I, impu- suspect, I don't want to, to impune
1: a respected nine journalist. I do wonder whether these players were in fact out walking from house to house. They found a house full of newbiles. They've been making TikTok videos. They're right. going to wander off to the next house full. Yeah, representing this. the druid. Yeah, get in the, the, the arty. I simply
0: say that there's a potential that this is made up. Possibly, I'm, I'm happy to be corrected otherwise, but I want to see these players identified. And I will say to Michael Shamus... Just guys walking around in Penrith jumpers doesn't necessarily make them Penrith players in case that's what she saw.
1: And are you going to put an open invitation to Michael Shamus to come on the show to I, defend himself? I
0: would love. And if you got a through line through Michael Karianas...
1: <laughs> Michael will might listen to me. Right, but
0: <laughs> bring him on. I'd love to have him. Um, oh, look, finally, have before go. we go to the break, the merry-go-round has started, Dennis. Yeah, now, it's not, it co- it's not the coaching carousel yet, which we might come to, because oh, we've only lost that's, one. That's
1: not far off. Possibly
0: two. They might be cranking out. But the, the halves merry-go-round is in full effect. And Redfern Pat, who is our fact-checker here, has a very clear explanation of the content of the merry-go-round. Tom Dinn has just left the Broncos to the Cowboys, who have Jake Clifford, who's signed to the Knights next year, but may leave immediately. Cowboys have also signed Chad Townsend from Cronulla, who also have Matt Moylan, who they can re-sign if they don't see Trindle as their long-term seven. Cowboys with Townsend and Deaton, and Townsend must also decide what to do with 5-8 Scott Drinkwater. The Broncos, who also have Anthony Milford off contract, may sign Manon Reynolds, who has only been offered one year by South Sydney, who may choose to extend Benji Marshall's stay should Reynolds leave. Mitchell Moses has rejected an offer from the Eels. May also go to Brisbane, which may see Reynolds of Parramatta if Cronulla don't re-sign Moylan.
1: Um, I think the ball is under the middle cup. Is that what we're playing here? You're on fire up. Let's go to a song.
3: I found your jacket with your front dog. Here. You took the shoes I bought to walk away from me Pour myself a little wine Cause every glass
0: Welcome back to Fire Up. Dennis Carnahan, Chris Gale, Redfern Pat on the controls. Rugby League. Now, the Rugby League has a problem, Dennis, because their showpiece... Well, what is it? Is it the grand final? Is it State of Origin? Or is it Roosters v. Dragons at the old girl on Anzac Day? That's
1: a big one. The Anzac
0: Day thing, it
1: really has grown legs. It's it's a big deal.
0: We're 20 years into this tradition, Dennis, Mm. and it was the centrepiece of the weekend, but it wasn't just... Roosters and Dragons at the SCG. What was your Anzac Day rugby league weekend? I know you have a professional commitment.
1: Oh, there was there was a lot. There was there was um, odes at every game, last post at every game, moments of silence at every game, reveille at every game. Um, it was quite. Mo- <laughs> you know, it it didn't get didn't get tired of it. Even the sound checks, goosebumps. Um, it was fun working on the weekend, seeing that you know, they'd have a bugler here. The bugler at Penrith was a cracker. bugle's a prick of an instrument to play. It really is. It's horrible. And that's why there's so many times you'll hear people make mistakes. It's just a prick of a thing. Guy on the first note was fantastic. The one at the Roosters game, he did play one slightly off note. But the thing is, you can't play a scale on a bugle. You can't go do re mi you can only play harmonics. Yeah. So it's it's a horrible thing to play. It's a huge challenge. Specific- it, it, Gee, was, nice. it was
0: it was described by a Gal on 100 Footy last night as the trumpet. <laughs> and and but- I I was at the Jets game where yep. they had a thumping victory over the Mounties led by the number one Luke Metcalf. Oh, this is
1: the Mount Druitt team yeah. <laughs> or, or Mount St. <laughs> Mount Pritchard who but- who are
0: now the feeder team to the Bulldogs. I am so confused. And, <laughs> and Valantis wants to get three grades all the on one ground. There's no chance, no chance at all. Uh, but a big win and Luke Metcalf sponsored by someone very interesting, had a great game. But the bugle player probably wasn't in the top shelf. There were a few stumbles. But the yep. moment silence and Henson was gold. It was long and it was portentous. Mm. I thought it was very rapid at the Dragon Sharks. I don't know if you noticed that in the audio. And yeah, I was there with fire up legend Stephen Ferris has said they just can't leave it for too long because they're worried about the rap bag you there mean, be some idiot, yeah. yeah
1: yeah it was it was I thought there was some respect like it wasn't it wasn't stupidly short but the thing that got me most was before the game they've got the bloody pipe and drum band going around there would have been 90 to 100 people like you know 40 yep. snares a couple of bass drums and a whole lot of massed pipes they marched around it was fantastic and they didn't need thankfully They had 35,000 people, or close to 35,000 people there. They still had the stupid PA, stupid loud, but they didn't need it for the pipe and drums. They just let it go acoustic and had it echoing around the old girl. Beautiful. Then for the anthems... They had a brass band. They had an actual military brass band, 40-piece, and it sounded fantastic. They did have them all mic'd up. Whoever did, the, did it, whoever mixed it, actually did a really good job because Obviously brass, not you. No, it wasn't me. Live brass is, again, it's a prick of a thing to do. It, it, so they had to, the NRL did actually bother to get someone in to mic them up properly. Uh, it wasn't just a couple of booms. They were individually mic'd and they were mixed beautifully. And hearing that, hearing the anthems done, I think the New Zealand anthem was done maybe a little bit lower in the guy's register um he wasn't really booming it out but the australian national anthem they did it in the sound check they did it a cappella, and i was listening going her voice is way too good to be as pitchy like you could hear there's a quality timbre there she was a bit pitchy but when she had the band oh my god it was fantastic the sound of that 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 they either should have the anthem played like they did at the you know there's that that rugby still plays (laughs) well they were last year anyway they had that anthem at um who knows this year who knows? I had the anthem at Stadium Australia. And it was Stadium Australia. And, uh, still is? It still is. Acoustic guitar. It was actually a really... It's the best I've heard the anthem sound. Actually, the Australian National Anthem made a lot more sense until with the brass band. And yes, it's a brass band. It sounds very Victorian era, but gee, it sounded good.
0: I was panicking because I was searching for for We Are One and free because of the lyric change. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah? It's in there? No, but I had to you know,
1: get up to <laughs> in, speed in yourself to not- instinctively.
0: Yep. And I saw, actually on the way in, I saw the Scottish Pipe Band out on the Roosters' training oval, and I thought it was a spinal tap moment they've actually gone to the wrong venue. But uh, it, it really was a great occasion.
1: The parachutes came in. Yeah. I, was a bit, I was a little bit um, hopeful in the morning because when they were doing some rehearsals, we had a flyover. There was a Caribou and two de Havilland DC-3s. Uh, sorry, Douglas DC-3s fly. I was thinking, oh, yes, please. There was also a... Um, I didn't see it. I heard it. I think it was an F-35, not the F-18, um, not a Hornet. But it, you know, I was thinking, that there's nothing... You can't beat... A jet fighter flyover. The sound of a jet fighter flyover is just that rattles your chest.
0: Well, Stephen Ferris would argue you can beat it with the descent of the Black Hawk into the stadium, and that seems to be a feature that's long lamented now because no the, Black Hawk again.
1: And the terror of whether that Black Hawk, like they have in the early in the late 90s when they first were commissioned, whether it's just going to fall out of the sky, <laughs> Optus TV well, style. It'll be
0: a memorable fixture. Now, like most ANZAC Day weekends, or in fact most weekends, my Friday night started on the couch. And uh, I was midway through the Titans v Rabbits game, and my partner MJ came down and goes, "I got a few calls. Are you okay?" And my my eyes were spinning. (laughs) A hat trick from David Fafita, Corey Thompson involved in the try of the century. Ex Tiger.
1: Why would you let him go? Benji Marshall.
0: I mean, (gasps) the flick pass to Dane Gagai. It's actually going in the Smithsonian. You know, like the US has said, "Look, we want a piece of this." (laughs) It really was a magnificent game, only leavened by the fact that. What really put me laid out on the couch was watching the Broncos try and take on the Eels up there in Darwin as uh, Brad mm. Arthur sucked down the water yet again.
1: Yeah, see, I, I, I don't know why. I don't know what possessed me, what demon possessed me or something. I tipped the Broncos. <laughs> I just thought that they're used <laughs> to, <laughs> And I tipped. And in the tipping contest, I mean, uh, if you lose this particular week, there's a punishment involving silly exercises and a pink cheerleader dress. I did that yesterday and Pat
0: pointed out to me in an article in the week that uh, uh, Kevin Walters, l- looking at the roster, wants to get rid of 18 players, which means his entire team, plus the 18th man, which came <laughs> into effect three times on the weekend. I mean, all these rules that said no one said would ever actually yeah. have an effect. Well, six again, that has. The two-point field goal. Oh, The 18th Chris. man. Oh, Chris. But as... Pat, Redford Pat does say, where's the avalanche of 2040s? The,
1: that, the, the 18th man, the first ever 18th man, who was it? The Bulldogs player that came on. The Meany, wasn't it? Meany. Oh, no. Um, Brandon Wakeham. Oh, Brandon, Brandon Wakeham, Brandon of course. Brandon Wakeham. He's come on and after the game. Like they were, obviously, they've had their first win in seven weeks. They've, they've been shot for three years and they've had their win. <laughs> um, Michael Kariannis <laughs> approached Brandon Wakeham afterwards. like... And Brandon Wake's got you could hear it on the mic. Oh, did I get mad of the match? Is that what you're coming over? I did good, eh?
0: And, um, well, I mean, everyone highlighted Trent Barrett was in tears after the result and he was on NRL 360 and they said, Trent, you're very emotional. And he said, and we assume that's because it's your first win in seven. He goes, no, no, I'm just part of history. The first 18th man game. It was just oh, yeah, really, really moving. The um, story for me, though, about the West Tigers we'll come to in a moment but I just want to say about the main game Stephen Ferris I was very much lucky to be part of his hospitality in the Sheridan suite Ooh. which is the inner inner, inner inner circle full of ex-footballers the likes of Rickardson and, Minicello, and This is
1: named after Sheridan Asturgis.
0: It's Sturgis uh, captains of industry ministers such as Ministers Payne and Ayres and uh, Telstone
1: Payne oh no Maurice <laughs> not Telstone
0: Buzz Rothfield who I didn't see I you know, had a great chat to Mikey Robbins, who's got a new uh, podcast on this platform, which is a history po- podcast he's doing with Paul Wilson. And I said, well, Blocker Wilson. Blocker. <laughs> he goes, no, it's not Blocker Wilson at all. It's a podcast that's called, as I dial it up now, uh, Heroes and Howlers, and the rest is history on the Diamantina Podcast Network. But I was sorry to miss Buzz, but in amongst the symphony of fruit that was in the pavlova that we had for dessert, yeah. I did run into David Gallup.
1: Oh, come with us and Gallop. How was it? Could, could it be possible that Buzz was actually just going out? Because I think there is an ATM at the old girl. He was probably just sitting there <laughs> trying, getting cash out and trying to find the Chinese restaurant.
0: Well, the first thing that David asked me was, um, I've got all these messages on my phone from Catherine Lumby. What's going on here? You know, um, uh, And looking for a reference or something. I don't know. But he was reminding me of the very first time that we really uh, spent some time together. On fire-up? No, no. It was at 2004 on a very wintry night at Leichhardt Oval when the Melbourne Storms were taking on the West Tigers. Oh,
1: that's never going to end good, is it?
0: Doesn't end. It? No, it's, it's well. it depends which way you look at it. But uh, we were in an outdoor box area and I was with my mates, Gorry Anderson and Coleman, and we were joined by David Gallup and Graeme Annesley and Shane Matiski, I think. From in memory. your box? Yeah, because they were just looking for somewhere to sit, right? And I only had four <laughs> seats, so I said, you're more than welcome. And uh, Stephen Gray, particularly good friends with David. And David, during the course of the game, was sharing texts from the great Gus Gould saying, this referee is lost control. This is out of control. He He's not handling this game. And this is this stream of texts coming in.
1: So Gus sitting was at home texting the CEO yeah, about, of the National Rugby League about the poor quality of the referee. The referee.
0: And a team, not a team which he had a particular interest in, right? But this was coming in constantly. And then, of course, very famously, Danny Williams' king hit Mark O'Neill. Got 14 weeks for it. And then a minute later, uh, Gallup turned around and showed us his phone, and there was another text from Gus. Told you.
1: <laughs> so, so you could say Gus had the ear of the CEO. Very much, so. and was in the ear, and I don't, was sending text after text. I don't know that he text. had the ear of
0: him. He just he just he has his number, you know. So that'd be enough, I think.
1: Because I know there, was, I'm surprised he was reading this. know there's a certain um, a certain New South Wales Rugby League selector from Penrith, Greg Alexander, who. Uh, there was controversy, in the, this is a couple of years ago, controversy in New South Wales camp, and the selections were going to be announced that night. And I got in the elevator with him at the SCG. And he's, yeah, I've been on his, when he was on radio with Gibbsy, I was on the show a few times. And so we, we know each other. He knows I'm a Raiders fan. He slaps me for it now and again and asks me hey, what I thought of the 91 grand final. And he showed me his phone. It was 42 missed calls, buzz, <laughs> 42
0: well, if you remember Brendan Cow last week saying every time buzz season comes up he goes got me gossip. <laughs> now, one of the less pleasant experiences of that day was walking across to the SCG and watching the West Tigers versus Manly Sea Seagulls out at Bankwest Stadium. Did they play? They did. And when I left my car there, they were ahead 6-0 when I sat down. Also to have a look at the pipe band that was lost. I saw three tries in 6 minutes and it was all over. And it, and what it says is that with the arrival of one Tom Trevojevic, Tommy Turbo, Mm. Manly Warringah are reinvigorated, rejuvenated and reignited. And the impact of Tom Trevojevic was very clearly set out by Benny Elias during the week.
3: When you see Tom Trevojevic five minutes out from kick-off and you see him in that huddle, you're going to get a 10% better result from the players. Now, that's a 170% better side. And that's all I can explain last weekend... (laughs)
0: Oh. <laughs> Dennis, you help me out on these matters. Has Benny got the maths right there?
1: <laughs> um, is that compound interest? Is that, is that, wow. Oh, So there's 17 players in the team and it's 10% better for each player. Yes. So Tommy makes himself 10% better <laughs> by playing in the team. Right. He, he makes even himself play better by turning up.
0: I don't think Benny's seeing the big picture here, though, because if you look at the extended squad, if you actually looked at that impact, then you'd be 200, 210% better, wouldn't you?
1: That depends on your extended bench. I mean, you've got the 18th man. Right. Now, he may or may not come, so it's 170 to 180%. You know, there's a degree of you know plus or minus 10% in there. I think he should have said 170% uh, plus or minus 10%. So if I'm one of the
0: rival coaches... They're probably looking at those mathematics Are particularly concerned about the positive impact the 18th man has for Manly as opposed to other teams.
1: Mm, yeah, of course, he, he can potentially make put it up to 180%. It's extraordinary, really, isn't it? And this, you know, people talk about 110% being being big. <laughs> 180%, 170%. That's that's even bigger. Well, that's to anyone, 60, who's, or, to anyone who is makes 60% the joke,
0: when people, you know, uh, I think it was John Glenn and the right stuff. And we might be coming to him a little bit later. Uh, said, I give 110% to everything. And people go, it's not physically possible to give it 110%. Well, I just say, Elias Maths says you can.
1: 100% you can. You can.
0: Now, I asked whether your club was in crisis. Of course, the headlines uh, just set it out in bold print this morning, Tigers Mm. in crisis. Articles written by luminaries, Andrew Webster and Paul Crawley. Crawley really turning the screws by listing all the players we've lost and what they've achieved Having left us, and
1: now, can I just ask, his crawls on media watch this week on the fire up media watch this week because he was a star last. week. No, he was week. great last
0: week, wasn't he? About coaches. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think time will let us go into all the aspects of it, Dennis, but just some of the characters. Lee Hachipatelis, the chairman, has come in for a bit of a bake from Webby today
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, for talking too much, and that probably rules me out of ever being the chair of the West Tigers because I talk too much.
1: Well, who was the previous chair?
0: Uh, that was. Gosh, Barry O'Farrell, wasn't it?
1: Well, he, yeah, he got in trouble more for the, the, well, the, Barry, Barry... the red wine than he.
0: Barry O'Farrell was very briefly in the role after Marina left. Yeah. And I wouldn't call him proactive, is how I'd describe
1: it. I do love Barry, though. Do you? Oh, I do. Barry.
0: Um... I met one of his advisors the other
1: day oh, at I... the SCG. When I was doing political songs for Fairfax, I did a song about Barry um, when he was up against uh, Christina Keneally uh-huh. and all the, the media was saying, She's hot and he's not and had all these things. And he ran off to China. And the, the the story was that I'd dropped a microphone into his shower in the hotel in China. And there was him singing about Christina Keneally to the tune of Maria. Christina. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Barry heard it. Absolutely loved it. Called me up. Followed me on Twitter. Started messaging me. Good guy. Go. Get him on here. I, I, was, I, got, a few, I got a few questions I'll, to ask. I'll, I'll see if I can. Why not? He. Um, I saw him at a, a music awards thing and um, he ca- it was just after I'd released That's in Queensland and he'd heard it and loved it and he made a beeline for me so I'm standing there talking to Barry O'Farrell over comes Dennis O'Hanlon head of Sony Music Australia oh Barry how are you and Barry's gone sorry Dennis I'm with the constituent I'll get back to you <laughs> brushed Dennis O'Hanlon to keep talking to me of course I'm going to love him
0: unsurprisingly you've never been signed <laughs> to Sony Records have you <laughs> no never so Lee had to tell us in talking about the security of the coach who will come to said I can't even guarantee the sun will come up tomorrow.
1: It's pretty short pretty short odds though. <laughs> yeah yeah but that's that's like you say, Sun Lee, and sun I'm, Lee. Th- I'm thinking Sun Tzu, Yeah, that he's he's in a pretty dark place. When you're saying, I don't, I can't guarantee the sun will come up tomorrow. Has anyone? Is he on a list? Is he on a watch list? Well, is anyone-
0: you, yeah, Sun Lee's actually written a book called The Art of Workers Compensation, and that's the cornerstone of his successful legal practice. There's Juzzy Pasco, of course, who has been accused of being able to fly under the radar, but he is the one constant over the last six years. Crazy Ivan Cleary plays into this. Did, oh. you, ever, did you ever play that PlayStation game, Cla- Crazy yeah, Ivan? Yeah, How yeah. great was that? Uh, and the players might have some accountability. Where, where is the bus? Well, as I always say, he got us on the bus and he got off at Blue Bet Stadium. And I, I just think it went careening towards Campbelltown. And we <laughs> Do had, you think
1: Thelma and Louise were at the wheel? Yeah, well, we,
0: we, we, we had some uh, uh, information audio played earlier from Seinfeld with Cosmo Kramer. And I think what happened with the Tigers bus is it just headed to Campbelltown heading towards empty on the needle. And the driver just said, I'm going for it. Yeah. And just kept going past the stadium screaming, I've never been so alive. <laughs> and that metaphoric bus gets further and further and further away. And the person who's probably looking for the bus, trying to turn it around, put some gas in his tank, is, of course, Michael, Michael Madge
1: Maguire. How do you oh, feel Madge. about Madge's situation as it stands this week, Dennis? Well, of course, I love Madge. Madge is a Canberra boy. Yes. Madge went to Eddie, so I'm always going to love Madge. Um, but I think, much like Sun Lee, he's in a fairly dark place mm. at the moment. And um, do you want me to introduce a song? Please. Yeah, look, I, I felt that this, uh, over the last couple of weeks, and they've had a few losses this year. Have you had a win? We're in 6 Who was the one? The Newcastle Knights goodness yes they're, they're actually they're like they're, are they in the eight no they're not in the eight um and you know I'd, as a Raiders fan I I, I I thank the footy gods for the Tigers because they're one of the three that we've beaten in our your most dreadful awful. start but uh no I, I was watching the game last week and and the week before and uh there's a couple of things that stood out to me and I felt there was one particular song that he needed to hear
3: two weeks ago On a Saturday night, a game the West could win If they played it right The Tigers led the Rabbitohs Fourteen to six, with ten to go Game on Then Gay Guy scored a Rabbit's try A two-point field goal And the scores were tied Uh, One minute in Golden point extra time Thomas Bud Just crossed the line Uh, But maybe Tommy bounced it Then Brooks right off and scored When the bunker rep announced it Tom's try went on
4: the ball And then brought man to his bed Went really, really mad He thought a win was head But he lost to get his head And that's why Matt Went
3: Just last week at Western Sydney Stadium, the Tigers team were at it again. Manly smashed them 40 to 6. They tore the Tigers' defense to bits. But to have a try awarded, and then when it gets reviewed, turns out the other team has scored it. What a Tigers' way to lose, and that's why Mitch went
2: bad.
4: went really, really mad. He thought we are but he lasted getting sad, and that's my match, we're mad. we're really, really mad, and
2: the Tigers have
0: no answers right now, can they win the game? Boy, oh, Pat. Hello Pat,
5: how are you? Good, Dennis, those macaroons were delicious, thank you for that. Well, we are still there.
1: still.
0: Now, just before we get into flaming feedback, which is the thing we really want feedback on our socials for as to what we should call the segment where Pat talks about what's been happening on the fire-up socials during the week. Beautiful song there, Dennis. You enjoyed that? I did. And, of course, Tom Burgess features heavily. Did you see that after their uh, come-from-behind victory against the Gold Coast Titans on the weekend, some of the boys ended up at Sin City Nightclub on the strip in the Gold Coast?
1: I didn't know that, and I'm, I'm hoping that no one was having any shenanigans in the public toilet with a phone hanging over the, the top. There's no it...
0: Parramatta sex tape issue. This was simply Good. Tom filmed chatting to a female. And people wanted to conflate that into some enormous scandal. Now, and the way The Telegraph ran it just a week after their fiance announced details of their upcoming nuptials. Well, to her credit, she's come out and she goes, What if it was me just talking to a bloke? If we're in a world where my fiance just can't talk to a woman in a nightclub, good honor, I say. Has she? She has. And she also revealed that the nuptials are actually taking place in Sin City nightclub. And that was the wedding organizer planner. They were just looking at, you know, where the flaming bottles would be and, you and know, the, the private room and the strippers and all that sort of thing. <laughs> and I say, good honor for standing up for a man. Good honor for injecting more money into the Gold Coast economy, which suffered mightily during the pandemic. And still is. And thirdly, have you ever been to Sin City, either of you boys?
5: No. Who uh, are you asking? By both of you you're not a cop are
1: you <laughs> i've been there hang on sin city this is on cavill avenue uh, or, uh, presumably i possibly have under a different moniker right. back in the 90s when i was living up there
0: okay so uh, i was there and i don't want to mention him by name hayden james's uh, bucks party right and we arrived at this is future
1: classic artist future hayden classic james. recording artist zero yeah.
0: for three in the arias Whew. hayden james That's good to be good nominated rate. it's better to win <laughs> but it's good to be nominated anyway i was three and he's posse we arrive At the front with the security, right? 28 men trying to get into a nightclub as a group. And they ask us the question, How many of you, you? how many of you are you boys? And we go, 28. And they go, Please come in. That is my type of establishment.
1: Wow. Yeah, you wouldn't get that in Sydney, in in the actual Sin City.
0: And I have to say, if you are planning a wedding reception, (laughs) Sin City, give it your due consideration. Reconsider your position. Now, Pat, flaming feedback. What have don't we got this week?
5: We don't want to talk about the media watch. Well, oh, I, media watch. I,
0: I was actually expecting you to go straight into the media watch.
5: You t- you you hijacked it.
0: No, no, you started You're
5: a talking. No, media watch. You're a media watch now. <laughs>
2: you started
0: <laughs> talking. Whereas I thought we would get the introduction and the audio, and then we'd reflect on it. So
5: no, this is this is Patty Lad. This one. Okay,
0: Paddy Lad. We'll go. Yeah. Okay, let's hear Paddy. Let's, let's, let's hear ahead. it. The vast majority of it,
1: ninety-nine percent of it, the, the innovation in the game and broadcasting has been brought on by Channel Nine.
0: Specialist, I've done the job. Thanks.
3: Teacher Harris giving away the family there for the late shift. I've been covering football for four decades and I did not understand
5: it. So we got a bit of feedback yes. this week. Oh, actually, now we're back to fan feedback. <laughs> what, a, what a mess. Anyway, we get a bit of feedback. <laughs> There's a lot of talk this about... Is,
0: sorry to interrupt, but this is like when I turned on my screen... And it said West Tigers 18, South Sydney 14, and they're reviewing Tom Burgess scoring a try. And trying to go, <laughs> golden go, I've gone through a wormhole. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, where, where are we now? We're at Flaming Feedback. We're at Media Watch.
5: So a lot We're of people have been talking about Channel 9's coverage. Yes. Of late. Yep. Yep. A lot of feedback. A lot of feedback going to Paul Barry. Feel free to send some to us because we'll we'll jump in and sure. we'll jump in and investigate it too. Sure. So I normally watch Fox.
0: <laughs> Tell us how uh-huh. much you love Matt Thompson.
5: Uh, he's alright. Just as long as he's only talking footy. Okay. I think he gets a little bit colourful. He's he's he to be colourful otherwise. But I watched. I started with the game on Sunday. Who okay. Was, who was playing on Sunday?
0: Playing on Sunday, well, Rooster's Dragons.
5: Incorrect.
3: Rooster v Dragon at SCG. Rooster v Dragon game.
5: Rooster v
0: Dragon. I stand corrected.
5: So guys, he's all over it. And
1: Rooster, Dragon. <laughs>
5: yeah.
0: Panther. Yeah. Shark. Raider. Titan.
5: Storms. <laughs> And Gus, pretty good analysis. Pretty good analysis, normally. Yes. This is this is analysis from the weekend.
0: This is quite
1: brilliant. Mm. It really is quite brilliant how he's created space here, Billy, isn't it? That really is brilliant.
3: That's brilliant from the Dummy Half, Harry.
1: Billy, that's brilliant, isn't it? I, I, I still think it's a brilliant pass from Dummy Half. Seven or eight minutes of brilliance from Halfback Sam Walker that got them out of it. Oh, it's been brilliant. Wow, yeah, it's quite contagious. Doesn't stop with him. It's all of them. <laughs> oh my God, he's a player, isn't he? He's a real player when he spit Jack Bird, isn't he?
4: He's a player too, isn't he? Oh,
5: he's a player. Yeah. Tell you know which one he was talking with Can you tell who he's talking uh, about? I'm hearing Tropic Thunder. Player. And then the the most the a lot of people talking about Sonny Bill going into commentary.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think he's new. He's raw.
5: He's raw. I don't mind it too much. Like mm-hmm. it, gives a, it gives a bit,
1: but um. He gives a bit of what exactly? Just different, some different. I, I guess on the audio. It's spectrum, not Matt Thompson
5: talking about referees unionising. I guess
1: it's a different tone. It, the the voice has a different timbre. Sonically, speaks, it's nice. He, like he speaks it. very yeah. softly. I yeah. like that. Yeah. It's my my only issue is the content that oh, he it yeah, doesn't doesn't really you. add a lot. I'm with, with the content. Some
5: people are saying a little bit too much, bro. I don't mind the bro. Yeah.
0: Have, have yeah, you got any right.
1: examples?
5: Uh, not of bro, but I got a fair bit of sunny. He had a lot. He had a lot. Oh. Hit us.
2: Oh, I told
3: you, mate. He's one to watch out. He's one of the elite games. Elite. I just want to touch on how important this first ten, fifteen minutes are.
5: So a bit raw, a bit raw.
0: He did describe the Roosters and Storms as two diff- very different teams, didn't he? Yeah. Well,
1: he said that there's two different teams playing out there. Yeah. Like, yeah so yeah. And yeah. then he
0: had this this um, tactical tactical brilliance.
3: To me, this is Melbourne at their best, eh? You know, just screwing those screws into that, nailing those nails into that coffin. Mm.
5: Screws, screws, nail nails, nails. All they've gotta teams. do is
1: get a bit of timber glue, and a, and glue up the glue lines. What do
0: they do these days with coffins? Are they more likely to screw or nail? Wasn't it
5: a bit? Uh, or is it just
0: like a bit of epoxy or something?
5: Surely people just cremation now.
0: Well, I, I don't know I, what the I, stats I are on that.
5: Land's never uh, been more valuable. You can't be. You can't be burying
1: people. I think is it. Aren't there? I think there are religions where you're not meant. To, where you got to be buried. Oh.
0: We, that's for sure, but we don't want to go into that now, No. because we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, no. Yeah. What else you got that's for a, that,
5: pat- That's a different fan feedback section. That's it for that's it for the media watch.
0: Okay, media, media watch, watch is done. We don't I have watch. any opening credits for flaming feedback, do we? Someone can make them. Yeah, we, we'd like to. What have you heard from the fan base this week? Um, I don't know. Fans are a very strong word for people who listen to this show. I apologise <laughs> for that.
5: The antagonists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, we had uh, what, what's wrong with your team? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, and friend of the show, Terry Bull, said that his team, the Bulldogs, I assume, are playing against a team with no coach. But then in the comments, we had Melanie Shepherd saying that a bad coach is better than no coach. So where, does that, where do we fall on that? about Where, where does that fall with Paul Crawley?
1: <laughs> Once a coach loses <laughs> his power, power the coach has no power. Yeah. 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 So where would... I think this is... This is that's is that tangential much, to the coach of us? I think this is a, a, a crawleyism. That yep. if you haven't got a coach, then yep. there isn't anyone coaching you.
5: Yeah. But then there's also the players. If if you don't have Jake Fran, Friend, Jake Fran's not on the field.
0: Yeah. The biggest problem here, of course, is say Madge against expectation was given the chop. The list extends so long. Shane Flanagan and John Bomber-Morris. That's it. <laughs> That's how brutal the game has been that a number of ex-coaches aren't even in consideration right now. So the Dave, re- reality Dave. is, I think for most teams, it is a choice between bad coach
1: and no coach. Um, the Dave Ferner's is getting around, isn't he? He's an assistant he's coach at, at, uh, at Newcastle. He's at Broncos or Newcastle. I oh, can't remember. Actually, well, got no, no, no he's at the Bulldogs.
0: He's at the Bulldogs. you got and- Matty Elliott in the Dragons box with Stephen Ferris and yep. uh, DJ Hook.
1: And I, I believe the Tigers have won Wayne Snoopy Collins. Is that right? Yeah, so and I'd gone. really love to know how Snoopy got the nickname. Matt Elliott wouldn't tell me, but he was—he's uh, he, Wayne Snoopy Collins—is on my Raiders '89 calendar. Funnily enough, I, I think need it, to get it signed.
0: It has something to do with something we we're about to talk about. But uh, any other feedback right now, Pat?
5: Uh so friend of the show, Robert Pinkovich.
0: Yes, relation, he's a regular contributor
5: in relation to Brendan and the Cronulla—the breakdown of the relationship. Yep. He pointed out this little gem, this is the Panisse Brothers with Cronulla Breakdown um, that might replace Up Up Cronulla um, at some point.
3: Even if the stars go with what's happening, the season
5: tonight. seems like a bit of a write-off.
3: Even if the moon out we'll replace,
5: could you sip a shooey to this?
1: I think of- I might need to ship a shoey to deal with it. But-
0: <laughs> well, I mean, we appreciate the contribution, Robert. What can I say? we
5: we'll pass that on to... It <laughs> could, be- could replace Up Up Cronulla. This doesn't seem like a very celebratory uh, uh-huh. mood at Cronulla at the moment.
1: I-, I do think Up Up Cronulla is probably the best fan sing-along. Yeah, look at it this league. way, though.
0: That was probably more appropriate for what happened down there at Shark Park, yeah. a.k.a. Cogra, yeah, the other day. Yeah.
1: The new Shark Park. Anything else?
5: And then in the the mug lairs, and we might finish on this if, mm-hmm. if either of you guys have anything else you want to get through, is uh, uh, Terry Bull also nominated Alan Jones as a mug lair, who's been a. Certainly a lair.
0: I'm actually reading or rereading Adrian Zupp's... Jonestown. No, no, I've read that, Chris Masters. No, this is Something More Than Victory, a year with Alan Jones and the Balmain Tigers, where journalist Adrian Zupp was given unfettered access to the Tigers in the first year of Jones's three year reign what I've come to know as the Dark Ages as the coach of the Balmain Tigers. It's a tremendous read. At least
5: you had a club when he left yours.
0: <laughs> uh, you get like unexpurgated screed of the Jones Churchillian addresses and the various aphorisms you use. One he likes to use a lot is tape, tape, tape. And he was very much a proponent of the fact that Walk Ryan, who had famously said he'd squeezed all the juice out of the lemons that were the Balmain Tigers had lost the confidence in passing the ball. And he said, you know, it's not just Blocker. Paul Serenon, you should get out there and pass the ball. Chuck Edmonds, Steve Edmund, you should pass the ball. To think that Steve Edmund could pass the ball. Is, is that,
5: that how, is how he good. got his million-dollar Super League contract? <laughs> That's exactly he's- right. On potential.
0: <laughs> on, on, jo- on the on, Jones on potential. Jones'
1: allegation that he can pass.
0: Now, look, um, thanks very much for that. Pat, and based on what you've just heard then, do you want to be featured on Fire Up? Well, imagine how fired up you'd be hearing you would be if you heard your name read out by Redfern Pat, giving a little bit of feedback there. i would be fired up. So follow us on Facebook, search Fire Up with the exclamation mark, Instagram, Fire Up Rugby League, all one word, or our Twitter feed, at Fire Up NRL. And once you're involved, let everybody else know, get them to subscribe, join us on the podcast, get involved in yet another rugby league conversation. Dennis, in the time
1: remaining, mm-hmm.
0: I, I just wanted to break down the judiciary. There's there's probably too much to unpack there at the moment. but
1: I think a lot of people want to break down yeah, the judiciary. But the there, was
0: a, there was a concern about the differential treatment of Victor Radley and Latrell Mitchell in the mm. decisions last week. I put it down to the suits. The suits? The roosters, identifiable Royal Navy blue with the red, white and blue tricolor uh, tie. Yep. Victor, of course, was accompanied by QC Mitch Orbison, mm-hmm. who I believe spoke very elo- eloquently because they still won't broadcast these things. I thought the South suits were a bit drab. Couldn't really.
1: What were they? White leather?
0: But they were sort of grey, charcoal y. Mm. Maybe a hint of the uh, Myrtle, but probably not enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You'd think that you'd come in there and you'd look at the uniforms on the day. And if you've got one team whose uniforms are sparkling and they've, you know, their mums obviously washed with OMO, and there's their socks are long and pulled up tight, and they're looking the goods, and the other one has mismatched socks, you're picking the team that that mum washes properly, and that's the roosters.
0: Yeah, and of course there's been uh, shoulder charges alleged galore this week. But if you were asked the following question, what do the people Dunn, Curran and Pereira have in common?
1: Dun, Curran, Curran, and Pereira. Perera. All I, in, thought, I thought you were saying done as in past tense. No, no. They're <laughs> all in front of the judiciary this week. For the same thing? Pretty much. Now, are they
5: going to need to bring ID yeah, to the judiciary to make right. sure they've got the right place?
0: Yeah. I mean, when it's Radley and Mitchell, you're on pretty safe ground, yeah. right? Oh, yes, Mr. Mitchell, how are you, Mr. Radley? But some of these guys. But Phil Gould, uh, who's already contributed enormously to this show, but he says, if Latrell Mitchell deserves four weeks on the sideline for that incident, I am an
1: astronaut.
5: Can I just step in Please. there? Dennis, do you remember uh, Josh Dugan getting suspended in 2013 for a uh, like judiciary oh, reason?
1: On which occasion?
5: I don't remember, but Gus said in the SMH that if if uh, Dugan gets suspended, then he's an astronaut. Did he in 2013? Yeah. Do you guys remember Nathan Cleary getting charged last year
1: for the TikTok incident no. or for the for on field? On oh, something on field. Yeah, there was. Uh, was it a head It doesn't holiday?
5: ring a bell. It doesn't ring a bell to me. Again, Gus, if he gets charged, I'm an astronaut.
1: Did he get charged? Come
0: well, Latrell certainly got four weeks. So, if Gus is an astronaut, well, he keeps he keeps bringing it up.
5: He it keeps bringing be... it up. What Gu- what, Gus what...
1: also said uh, famously one night in uh, the early '90s at Hunter Stadium, "If this is awarded a war to try when it went to the video ref, I'll jump out we'll of jump this out the, box." Yeah, yeah and it was water to try, and he didn't jump.
5: He jumped off like a, a diving block?
1: No, he 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 didn't jump out. In the following week's footy show, yeah. he jumped off a diving block. <laughs> he didn't jump out of the commentary box. So he's a fibber.
5: I wouldn't take much in that as old Newcastle ones as well.
1: The old one, you could probably you just, just about, fall off. Yeah. You could probably just about jump, and the whole thing would collapse. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah well, um, Gus Gould is an astronaut. It raises some interesting possibilities, and we might um, farewell you in a moment with a little bit of a musical tribute to Gus. But before we do... I just wanted to wrap up with uh, the acknowledgement of the departure of Trent Merrin from the game. Hmm. Former Penrith Panthers, St George Illawarra Dragon, two stints there, I believe. Played for New South Wales. Played for Australia. Premierships. Yeah, 2010. Yep. A young Trent Merrin then, where it was all in front of him. And you know what he said the other day? I'm going to give you two quotes, but I imagine the third quote was, "When I won in 2010, I thought this would happen every year." And <laughs> did he get
5: anything at Warrington?
0: No. Uh, here, here are the quotes from Trent on him leaving the game, Dennis, I feel, and Pat, I feel that the game is drifting away from me. So I'll call it before it calls me. I'm so ve- what,
5: what, how, does, how does he reconcile that with getting sacked <laughs> four or five years ago?
0: He also says, I'm very happy to be able to finish my career on my own terms. This was a decision where I had to be true to myself. I have outgrown the game and the gra- game has outgrown me. Although my appreciation for rugby league will never die.
1: Is that an, a job application for a media organisation, perhaps?
0: <laughs> in, what, in what way do you think that Trent has outgrown the game? I mean, is, the, is he seeing there's no longer an alignment between his
1: incredible talents and in the game, or is he just think he's too slow? Oh, from From what I gathered from media over the weekend, he's outgrown the game by making some very astute business decisions. Right. And by investing very wisely. And he's outgrown it because... The, coin, the coin's not enough and why would you bother? Who was Go his, who was his famous
5: partner he had when he was at Penrith? Sally Fitzgibbon. Sally Fitzgibbon. Do you reckon that's the speech she gave him when... <laughs> yeah,
0: that's exactly <laughs> right. Trent, you've outgrown me and I've outgrown you.
1: <laughs> and I'm yeah, going to call you before you call me.
0: <laughs> uh, sadly, a story that was quashed this morning is that SAS Australia new cast member Sam Burgess who's appearing along with Alicia Mollick, Yana Pittman, Mark Philippousis, Manu Fidel, Pete Murray... God, Pete Murray.
5: I saw Pete Murray play at the grand final. In... Yeah,
0: how was that for you?
5: Uh, it was a bit drab for and, me. And Bryn
0: Edelston, who's most remembered <clears throat> wow. for being gifted the the, the Sydney piano? Swans, but she was yeah. also gifted the Cronulla Sharks at one stage by Jeffrey Edelston. God. Well, there was talk that Sam Burgess, because he's come alive again doing SAS, wanted to come out of retirement, but the story was written today he can't come out and play retirement for the NRL because of the medical t- retirement rule. Well, I'll give you two words for that, Peter Valandis. You know, I think he'd do whatever he likes. Rule. It's
1: not one of his rules. Well,
0: Greg Inglis is playing. Yes, yes, yeah. but I don't think he was medically retired, was he? I think yeah. if
1: he tried to if he tried to come back, you'd have a current affair. We'll be sending Scott Sattler, private investigator, to go through <laughs> his rubbish bin and, 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 and video him walking <laughs> yeah. fine and capturing uh, a sting. His <laughs> yeah. There'd be a sting, an SAS Sam sting. Private- do, you re-
0: do you remember the episode of the Brady Bunch? where uh, I think maybe Marsha might have backed into an elderly gentleman. He wasn't that old at the time. Played by Harry Morgan, who was from Dragnet, went on to play Colonel Sherman T. Putter <laughs> in MASH. And he comes into court looking very forlorn. He's got the neck brace. And then I think it's Mike Brady comes up with the genius idea of he just throws some folders onto the thing and yeah. he just turns his head. Yeah. And the gig was up. Sam, just think about it. But if you want to come play for the Tigers, there's room for you.
1: We're desperate. <laughs>
0: Anything to wrap up on, guys? It's been another great week. We're uh, back here next week with Stephen Ferris. I'm buggered.
1: It's yeah, been a it's been a tough week. It's been there's been rooms of mirrors. There's, we've lost Big Papa. Yeah, we've We're lost. Big, to find well, big he's papa. got to
0: come back. And, he's got to come back and find the old Papa. Yeah, yeah. We don't,
1: the new Papa with the, the Logan waterfall. I suspect the Logan waterfall might go.
0: Old, old Papa sounds like one of those dogs that needs to get shot, doesn't it? Poor old, old, old like old oh. Shep, like
1: old Yeller, <laughs> old Yeller. <laughs> the <laughs>
5: largest camera that Ricky does isn't upset. Oh, Ricky's, not, Ricky's. Well, I obsessed. mean, publicly, you know, like he, you know, you think of Ricky when you lose. Comes out in press conference, blames them. We actually won this game in my book that's no, that's that no, that's,
1: that's Gus. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we, Ricky... we,
5: we well, Gus can't say we. He's like, you know, them. Yeah. But now, now, Ricky feels like I feel like he's sort of accepting that they might be, mightn't be as good as they think they are. Yeah. You know, Dennis, that the the, the opposite of of love is not hate. It's indifference. Yeah. And if you ever in indifference, that's 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 not where you want to be.
0: It's a very beautiful philosophical note to end on. And uh, thank you, Dennis and Pat. And I just want to leave you with a new theme tune that underlines the proposition, Gus Gould is an Astronaut.